Good afternoon. This is H.T. Webster, and this is episode 15 of my podcast, Season, excuse me, Shared Consequences, Season 1. Um, I think I said, like, episode 14 in two separate episodes, so clearly I can't fucking count, and I can't talk. I just got out of work. Sorry. Um, But I told you I was bad in math, so, you know, fuck it. None of that stuff matters anyway. So, um... I am still working on the timeline, like I promised you. Um, There is one more piece of information I want to gather because um, one of the jobs he left required a resignation. And uh, I want to make sure I get those facts straight before I convey that to you. So tonight I just thought we'd talk a little bit more about um, the consequences that um, trauma brings with it, especially childhood sexual abuse um and and these are things that most victims carry their their entire lives um there there's a a person her name was um oh shit daisy mcbride i think so you might have heard about her story they did a netflix series um about her and this other girl um, and how they were sexually abused and the toll that it took on them. Um, The one girl had committed suicide. Daisy, however, did not. And she had managed to turn her ordeal into something good um, for the rest of the world. She had a a website uh, for victims and victim advocates to to help people of sexual abuse um, through any situation that they seem to find themselves in. She was a big suicide prevention person. Um, A little background to her story was, uh, I believe, um, and I've read so many books, so forgive me if I'm mixing things up, but I'm pretty sure she was the one that was dropped off in her front yard in only a t-shirt in sub-zero weather after being raped by the football team or the soccer team, something of that nature. You can look it up if you need to. But the point of the story is that she had taken this entire trauma that she and her family endured in her, and she turned it into something good for others like us. And she was a big advocate for years about suicide and suicide prevention um, for child sex abuse victims. And um, so, you know, looks like she's got her shit together. Uh, doing all the right things. Um, she went public clearly on numerous, numerous occasions. Um, they may have even done a dateline about her or 2020 or one of those. And, um, then in, I think it was November of last year, she killed herself without warning. So that's the scary part because you know, those feelings never leave you. Suicidal thoughts never leave you, um, a victim. Maybe they do. Uh, I I guess I shouldn't be speaking for, um, all the victims in the world. They've never left me. Okay. That's always in your back pocket. Suicide is always in the back pocket. It's just what is. And even though I've had years of therapy, um, 
and working on my coping skills, etc., and trying to do this podcast to um, make my trauma the benefit of others. Um, it's just it, do, it never leaves you. So if we go back, think about a few episodes about the uh, Bluebird by Charles Bukowski that I played for you guys. It's you know that part of you is so becomes so damaged. And I, I think I misspoke in that podcast saying that, you know, God doesn't let you allow you to, to give that part of yourself up, even though you wish every day that you would die. But clearly there's people that have more balls than I do, I guess, to put it literally. Um, or she just couldn't take it anymore, even though she tried everything she could to turn her, her abuse into something good she got in a place where she was still so overwhelmed and i'm talking years later i want to say this is like 12 or 13 years later for her that she still with all the therapy that she had and all the help that she got um it still beat her in the end and that's heartbreaking to me i was so stunned when i saw that i was really saddened by all that and then, not that it couldn't get much worse, but as you know, if you Google something, so, you know, I'm reading about Daisy on the internet and, um, you know, when you Google shit now, they seem to, you know, the cyber gods remember that. And so anything related to that will pop up on your Google feed as a notification or whatever. So then I get a freaking notice, um, last month that her mother killed herself, committed suicide. So, shared consequences, I would say so. Two people that fought and fought and fought to save themselves and to try to save other people and they still succumbed to the demons that this brings with it. And these are demons that you learn to make your bed with, you learn to eat with, you learn to go to work with, um, if you're lucky. Um, but that's just like a, a functioning alcoholic. People that say, you know, well, he's a functioning alcoholic, meaning he has a job and he can hold his mortgage down. Well, we're just functional victims. That's all we are. We, we, we're just functional. And I don't always want to use the word victim Maybe I'll say survivor. I don't know. There's so much of, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Politically correct verbiage these these days. I, I might not be using the right adjective, but I'm going to say I am a functional survivor. But that does not mean that I don't have to sit with these demons every single day, even if it's for a second. I might be able to shoo them away for 23 hours a day. But for that other hour, they are up close and personal. And that lasts, I'm talking 30 plus years in for me. So imagine what these poor people go through trying to keep their head above water and trying not to let themselves drown in their own pain. And some of us make it and some of us don't. Maybe I've just been lucky to this point. Maybe I just had the, the right help or <clears throat> maybe I just don't have the nuts to, to let it all go. Um, 
But another thing that I think about as a functional victim is um, we're always pretty convinced that we're going to drop dead at any moment also. So that's I think that's another part of the trauma that you catastrophize everything from that point forward. And um, I have a, a, I suffer from chronic pain, um, neck and shoulder and jaw pain and left side rib pain. And I've had this off and on for years, but now I've had it pretty steady for probably six years now. And um, that's, that's another piece of the trauma because what I believe, I've been to numerous doctors, you know, and they can't find anything wrong with me. So, you know, back to, you're, you have yourself convinced you're gonna drop dead at any moment and you're okay with that. Most days you're okay with that. You're like, fuck it, you know. When it's time, it's time. I'm ready to go at any time. That's always always my joke. I'm ready to go at any time. Um, I might not have the nuts to do it myself, but I'm ready to go at any time. Um, but as part of the chronic pain goes, mine stems from the fight, flight, or freeze. So you remember how I told you I'm a freezer? So every single muscle in my body and joint in my body that aches every day, be it in my neck, my jaw, or my shoulder, is because I'm always bracing myself. I'm always bracing my body. So I'm always tensed up, always waiting for something bad to happen. Um, even when I sleep, it's terrible. Like my, I have TMJ and you know, my teeth look like the Himalayas from grinding my teeth. Um, you know, that's all a product of PTSD um, and another consequence that that these things bring with them and um, I'm just I've done my best to learn how to live with that fact like I don't know how I could ever possibly relax unless I'm under anesthesia for some sort of uh, you know procedure God forbid but I have to remind myself all day throughout the day every fucking day to breathe, I have to remind myself to breathe. That autonomous, you know, part of most of us, I have to remind myself, you haven't taken a deep breath in a while. Or I have to remind myself to relax my neck. I have to remind myself to relax my stomach and my shoulder. Because I am constantly, think about like a, a fastball coming at you 98 miles an hour, you're gonna whoop, tense up, right? That's how I live my life every fucking day every minute of the day because the problem with <clears throat> trauma response like that is that becomes the autonomous part of your makeup that becomes natural relaxation is no longer natural so it's almost like they flip flop spaces um in your body and uh the natural relaxing parts of your body uh, become uh <clears throat> phantoms because they're not there but yet you have all these phantom pains that doctors can't explain um, due to the fact that I'm always bracing myself for something horrible to happen but I have done it for so long that it's nearly impossible to undo so I have to suffer with the consequences of that which is aches pains uh, a lot of migraines jaw problems um, you know I mean I know a lot of a lot of people have things worse off than myself and I get that um, I'm just trying to explain to you 
what your body does in response to things. So since I froze all those times, I actually ended up being stuck there. And I have to consciously every day remind myself of that to try to at least undo it for a few minutes. But then, you know, it goes right back to what it is. But that's just something that you learn to live with. So that's another one of the demons that you have to live with. So you have the chronic pain, migraines, um, night terrors. We went through that for quite a, quite a while. Uh, panic attacks, went through that for many, many, many years. Anxiety attacks, um, fear of any kind of confrontation have very hard time looking anybody in the eye. Basically, my doctor, Dr. K, taught me that was because I didn't, it's not that I didn't want to see them, I didn't want them to see me because that's the shame that comes with everything. So have trouble making eye contact. Um, let's see. I have no children. I have two dogs and a cat. Uh, who I love as if they were my own children, but the good news is I don't have to pay for them to go to college, right? Um, but I have no children, and that is a huge consequence of childhood sexual abuse for me, um, big time, because I knew at a very, very, very early age, as the abuse was actually taking place in my early teens, 13s, 14s, that I was never going to have kids. I knew right then and there, I was never going to have children because I never wanted them to feel the way that I felt. And I didn't figure that I would be able to protect them from feeling that way or going through these things because uh, I certainly couldn't protect myself. So that was a hard no from the beginning, which in turn robbed my husband of his children um, because I made that very clear to him that I was not having children. Um, so that's another consequence that not only my, so that's a direct consequence for me and an indirect consequence for him and an indirect consequence for the rest of my family who doesn't get to enjoy some sort of child that I might have had or not had. Um, but that was a choice of mine based on the abuse, but still my choice because I did not want another person, especially one that I loved and was responsible for to live on this planet with one second of the nightmare that I was living in. Um, another <clears throat> consequence uh, is I never even got married until I was 40 fucking years old. 40 years old. Before I finally trusted one person enough to believe that he was going to love and take care of me. And, uh, God damn, I got that one right. I might have fucked up the whole rest of my life, but I got that one right. I have a wonderful, patient, understanding husband. And uh, the best thing about him is he loves me uh, when I'm in a million fucking pieces. And he loves me when I found a doctor that helped me put all those pieces back together. He loved me just the same. So, you know, it didn't matter to him. And, th and that's a beautiful thing. And I, uh, I thank God for that. So I told you some positive things were going to come out of this one way or another, right? So I know I'm talking a little bit long today. I just wanted to get out some consequence stuff uh, to try to, to uh, enlighten you as to some of the things that, um, what would I say, dysfunctional survivors go through on a daily basis that you'll never know. You know, if you're, uh, it could be one of your, 
Oh, these dogs. Could be one of your co-workers. Uh, could be your boss. Could be a cousin. If you don't know their secret, then you don't know their suffering, you know? And uh, they might be very adept at hiding it because that also becomes a skill in your life is you can hide anything. You're like the champion secret keeper. So, because you started well at an early age, right? So, excuse the dogs. I'm sorry for the barking. Um, thank you for listening. And um, I will get the timeline together. I just want to get that other piece of information straight before I reveal everything to you, okay? So, thanks for your time and stay well. We'll talk soon.